Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to another edition of Life Behind Bars. I'm Noah Rothbaum, the Daily Beast half-full editor. Joining me, as always, is my colleague and co-host, David Weintrich. How are you doing? I'm doing just fine. Yourself? Pretty good. Fairly thirsty. Always. It's our job. It is our job. I like my job. <laughs> <laughs> Dozens, hundreds, thousands of choices these days oh, yeah. you know, at a bar. But, I mean, I often find myself gravitating towards... Really, just a couple of classics, almost always. You know, yeah. Maybe, my day-to-day repertoire is probably about twelve drinks. You know, like yeah. Maybe I'll try. You know, we'll go to a new place, try one of the original cocktails, then probably have you know one of you know a classic, mm-hmm. and, and and one of those I think probably for both of us and and a lot of the the folks that we hang out with is is one of the legendary cocktails, the Sazerac. I mean, oh my God, yes, the Sazerac is. Kind of the most intense cocktail, along with the dry martini. <laughs> yeah, you know these are these are yeah. the two. I, I, I used to always say uh, that uh, the dry martini uh, was a straight line, in that a straight line is the shortest distance between two points. Right. And uh, dry martini, drunk and sober, right. or sober and drunk, right. shortest distance. Sazerac just as straight. Absolutely, <laughs> it's that same line. It's yeah. like bam, you know, it, it's it's a drink not to be trifled with. Well, it's also, I mean, it's a. a like the martini, it's it's quite a beguiling drink. Yeah. It has very few ingredients. I mean, it, yeah. if you tasted it and you didn't know what was in it, you'd probably pull like 10 different bottles and ingredients off the bar to make it. Yeah, it's very complex. I would use a spoonful of thick gum syrup, like yeah. rich, simple syrup, but yeah. maybe with gum arabic if I have it. Sure. So that's that's the fancy touch there. Or, you know, a two-part sugar to one-part water. Yeah, fan. yeah, exactly. Or you can uh, muddle in a sugar cube in a, right. in a bar spoon of water. But uh, I like the uh, thick syrup in this. Maybe four dashes of Peychaud's bitters. Right. Uh, a dash or two of Angostura. Two ounces of good, strong rye. Yeah. Preferably 100-proof rye. Stir it up, strain it into an absinthe rinsed glass. And yeah. that's the difference between like an old fashioned and yeah. a Sazerac, right? Is that one key thing, right? That you put in just a swirl of absinthe, you like yeah. rinse the glass. Exactly. And you you don't want so much so that you're even like literally. No, you just sh- want a hint. You're shaking it afterwards just yeah. so that any excess comes out. And you want it so that as you bring your nose to it, you smell the absinthe more than you even taste exactly. it. Exactly. And that makes all the difference yeah. between. I mean, I, I love old fashions and I love Sazeracs. If you didn't know how they were made, I'm not sure you would realize that they were so closely yeah. related. Their recipe. I mean, the old fashioned has that ice in there to uh, right. to to slow you down. Sure, you know, I re- some of us regard that ice as an obstacle, <laughs> <laughs> something well to be overcome. One. Well yeah. needed. One. Well, yeah, maybe. You know, you stir up the Sazerac, basically the the eighteen. 18- 80s improved whiskey cocktail, which was right. whiskey, bitters, sugar, stirred and strained into a, into a glass, you know, right. and down I mean, the hatch it goes. What you just said sounds very 
standard and yeah. perhaps bordering on the obvious, the boring, but is actually quite a revolutionary statement. Yeah. Because most people, if you ask them about the history of the Sazerac, that's not the answer that you get. I mean, it's... Oh, boy. I mean, what, what you have said literally blows up hundreds of articles, some of them I may or may not have written, hundreds Same. of books, <laughs> plenty of expert, you know, speeches, bartender rants, you know, menus. I mean, that is basically rethinking what we all think about the Sazerac. The Sazerac is a huge historical problem yeah. in the world of drinks, yeah. you know, which is funny because it's such a such a simple, straightforward <laughs> drink. Right. But, oh my God, you get into fights over this one and mythology is at its richest, partly because it comes from New Orleans, a city that's already heavily yeah. mythologized. But uh, well, what's so upsetting is that I think we don't know that much about most cocktails, right? Right. And most cocktails have no histories, and we don't know anything about them. For the Sazerac, it was like a slam dunk. Yeah. Here's all of the history beautifully tied up with a bow and presented, and basically it's all wrong. Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> That's the and, problem. And in fact, there are probably three or four different theories about its histories, which you wrote a, a, a very thorough article a couple of years ago about it, and you can obviously go down the rabbit hole about some of the different theories, but the main one is that it's a, you know, it, it was invented in New Orleans. It, it originally used cognac. Cognac was swapped out for rye whiskey at a certain point. This all goes back to this guy, Stanley Clisby Arthur, who was a photographer, a naturalist, an opportunist, right. um, a guy who knew his way around a federal grant, et cetera, et cetera. And he, he was from California. He moved to New Orleans. He wrote children's books and took pictures and became the Louisiana State Naturalist. Of course. And then he started writing history books right. because he had access to the archives. And he wrote this uh, offhand book that he just kind of threw out there called Famous New Orleans Drinks and How to Mix Them. Which you still see yeah, prominently in 1936 displayed in New Orleans yeah. to this day, oh, yeah. like in oh, yeah. you know, an antique bookstore, and windows. He was and not... A professional historian. No. But it was the only book they had. It was right. it was the first American book to tackle like the history of drinks. So it was really important. And for the most part he did a good job. But you know, the information available to him was mixed and when he's able to put together about four different half truths yeah. into one amazing story. Which then causes people like us an innumerable problems in the future. Like, I mean, it causes all types of problems for future historians and writers. I mean, one thing he posits is that, you know, the word cocktail itself comes from people using, like, eggshell cups, right? Yeah, like, yeah, an egg cup called egg a coquetier. Cup, right, and it, there's, like, literally no proof that Yeah, anybody, and he says the cocktail's invented in New Orleans where right. it's actually not. And, then, uh, like, you know, that the cocktail comes with Antoine Pechot, who actually is related to our fellow Daily Beast contributor, Philip Green, and, you know, his family flees Haiti, arrives in New Orleans. That is true and sets up mm -hmm. ultimately what becomes a company that makes Peychaud's bitters. Unfortunately, Antoine turns out to be a baby when, yeah. you know, he's leaving and Haiti. The, you know, the, the, the cocktail first right. is in print. Right. Yeah, it's, it's just it's none of it. Possible. I mean, the problem is like... You, Unless you he know, was a very precocious kid. Right. We, I mean, we had a great story from Philip um, a couple of years ago, you know, where... You know, at first he was like, oh, my God, I'm related yeah. to the guy who created 
the cocktail, you know, like the Sazerac and possibly coined the word cocktail. Like what a score as a modern cocktail writer for It's like the six stages, right? Where like, you know, jubilation and then like, you know, the more he looked into it, the more troubling it was because nothing added up. None of the dates worked out. None of the claims could really work out. And that story, you know, has so many holes. I think you said it in your story. It has, you know, um, that book has so many holes. It has more holes than a Hawthorne strainer, um, which I think is. <laughs> I thought I thought that was a pretty, I think, no, pretty I think clever it's a, witticism. I think it's pretty <laughs> um, At the time, I was I was, was I was pretty pleased with myself. I'll you, tell you that you much. had several Sazeracs. <laughs> yeah, um, I did. <laughs> but it's true. I mean, not really. None of that that really adds up. And unfortunately, it's one of these things where it's not only known by bartenders and drinks writers, but kind of the whole city of New Orleans has embraced yeah. this version of events, which doesn't really exist. The problem with it is the whole story puts it back to like the 1840s right. and the Sazerac Coffee House. And, uh, which did exist. Which did exist. Near Canal Street. The, pro- the, the problem Airport. is, as a historian, is... You look for evidence of this theory that still holds on with such tenacity, says that the uh, the, the Sazerac cocktail was invented by Peychaud, and then he made it at this coffee right. house, uh, the Sazerac coffee house, and it was their house drink and popular from the 1840s all the way right. you know on. And you start looking into this, and you find any number of mentions of the Sazerac Coffee House. Detailed history can be constructed right. of this place. And you start to notice after a while that nobody ever mentions the Sazerac cocktail. Right. And you're you're going, huh. Now, for instance, I find the records of when they opened a branch Sazerac bar. Right. So they, they had a spin-off. And nobody mentions in the ad come here for your delicious right. Sazerac cocktail. Right. And then the uh, the branch splits up, the company splits up. The original owner doesn't say, I'm the only guy who knows right. how to make the real Sazerac. Nothing like that. Uh, the bar closes briefly. Nobody says, oh, no more Sazeracs. Right. Uh, and it goes on and on. And after a while, you kind of got to think, okay, this dog just isn't barking. Yeah. Why is that dog not barking? Yeah. There's always two reasons. Right. One, the dog's not barking. Two, there is no dog. Right, exactly. <laughs> and what does show up is basically the same recipe. It's just not called. Yeah, Sazerac. and it shows up elsewhere. Right. There's also a Sazerac cognac. Right. So Sazerac cocktails show up elsewhere because all that was was a cocktail made with Sazerac cognac. Yeah. And you have those, that all over the country. You know, like a lot of cocktails, the recipe for the Sazerac itself is not that huge of a jump. No. Right? It's not it's like... It's the absinthe rinse is right, the only thing. There is one secret ingredient, it turns out. This is amusing. I was lecturing bartenders in New Orleans uh, five or six years ago, and this young man comes up to me, Stephen Joseph, and shows me a framed recipe, a set of recipes he has, all handwritten. Yeah. And uh, he says, yeah, my great uncle was this guy, Christopher O'Reilly, who owned the Sazerac Corporation. And these are the recipes handwritten for bottled cocktails. Mm. There's a bottled whiskey right. cocktail, a bottled uh, martini in Manhattan, I think, on, on this paper. And the whiskey cocktail is Peychaud's bitters, Angostura bitters, rye whiskey, and a little bit of maraschino. 
Huh. There's no absinthe in it, but the right. absinthe you'd always put in as the right. final rinse. And this was their cocktail. You know, this was the that Sazerac was the whiskey cocktail. cocktail. Yeah. You know, that was that was the company. Because it turns out this guy O'Reilly ran the Sazerac bar in the 1910s. Huh. He was the bar manager right. at the place. So he knew everything. He knew the recipes. He knew the drink, you know. It, it's very funny. It, it, it uh, They kept that secret. I mean, what happens is in the 1880s, the Sazerac has two great bartenders at the Sazerac Saloon, Billy Wilkinson and Vincent Murray. And they're both uh, local guys. Vincent Murray was actually Catalan. He was born, you know, near Barcelona. Billy Wilkinson is, is, a, is a native son of New Orleans. And they're both large guys and uh, very gregarious mm. and very popular. And Murray is known as the guy who makes the best whiskey cocktail in New Orleans. Uh, Wilkinson evidently is also good at making whiskey cocktails. And uh, Murray dies in 1903. Uh, at that point, Wilkinson's going around making Sazerac cocktails for business groups and stuff like that. And uh, he gets credit in at the time for inventing the Sazerac cocktail. Unbelievable. Uh, he's the guy. Right. You know, and he probably got it from Murray, and Murray is probably yeah. the guy who put the absinthe in and, and rinsed the glass. You know, but they were both partners in the bar, and Murray died very young. Wilkinson died soon after, but just in time to get credited as, as the guy <laughs> who invented the Sazerac. It came out of that bar, you right. know. Later is the problem. Yeah. Because it happens in the 1880s, not the 1840s. 40s. And it never had cognac in it. It was a Sazerac cocktail because it was made by the, the guys at the Sazerac. Right. And it was a Sazerac whiskey cocktail. And they had bottled co a range of bottled cocktails mm. because the Hubelein guys in Connecticut at the Hubelein Hotel in Hartford had gotten huge success in the early 1890s by bottling their standard cocktails and advertising them. And uh, the Sazerac guys go, we could do that. And they do. Right. And they this stuff is distributed nationally. What's what? And they've got a whole range of cocktails. They've got five or six Sazerac cocktails. And that's the cutting edge now is bottled yeah. cocktails. Yeah, so what, again, what is back new to as that. Old? Yeah. yeah. And the Sazerac, their bottled whiskey cocktail becomes by far the most popular, and that becomes the Sazerac cocktail. Yeah. So then people go to their bar and say, can we have a Sazerac cocktail? And they say, oh, well, I guess we'll give them a whiskey right. cocktail. So it, it gets in this feedback loop. But all that stuff... Is forgotten by the 1930s for the most part. Right. You know, when uh, Stanley Clisby Arthur's looking into this. So he just puts two and two together and gets 16. Right. <laughs> <You know? laughs> because he, he likes to blow things up a little. Yeah. There's definitely a connection between New Orleans and Absinthe, right? I mean, yeah. there's the old Absinthe house on Bourbon Street. Oh, which, yeah. You know, the Brennan family at one point owns before they, mm -hmm. they, they start their restaurant, you know, and, you know, it's still there today. And, you know, even that niece flavor yeah. of absinthe, you know, can. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 
continues on in New Orleans even after oh, yeah. absinthe isn't available. You know, yeah. you know, well, it's it's a thing, popular you know. Mediterranean thirst quencher, right? You know, and and half the population of New Orleans comes from the Mediterranean, right? And nobody realizes that there was a huge influx of Italian immigrants. Yeah, there's all the Sicilians like in, go there. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, to the point where you know there are all types of rumors about the Black Hand, and yeah. the locals are worried yeah, that all the immigrants are you know it's really ugly. There are ethnic riots. It's horrifying. I mean, the whole mafia thing, the you know the Black Hand thing, is always thrown up against these absolutely. people, and they're just you know they're immigrants like anybody else. Right. They they come, they came there to do their work, and uh, you know now they're entrenched in it's part of New Orleans culture. There's, absolutely, there's, and you don't even realize. I mean, no, uh, you go to like. Mosca's is, right. Yeah. The Mufaletta is, is essentially an Italian-American sandwich. Yeah. If you walk into the central grocery market, I'm, if you blindfolded me, I think that I would think that I was on Arthur Avenue in the Bronx. You know, I mean, That's right. That's it's right. It's the same smells. It's those. Yeah. And what's funny is that people now associate the traditional Mufaletta with some kind of Creole New Orleans thing. It's not, no, nothing it's Italian to do with immigrants. That. Yeah. And the last vestige yeah. that you see is that central grocery market store, which is by the French Quarter, not yeah. too far from Bourbon Street, that part is right there. And I think that's where kind of the absinthe, uh, what's the other one? Uh, well, also, I would say, you know, uh, Vincent Murray from right. from Catalonia, you know, uh, they, they drink a lot of absinthe there, too. Right. Spain was always a big absinthe country. Right. And uh, so he comes over there and he's like, let me, you know, let me just goose this up. I mean, absinthe was already being right. put into American cocktails in the 1880s. People would put a dash in. The thing that makes the uh, Sazerac different is it's got more. And there's a, that other one. Oh, and yeah. Oh, and yeah, is, yeah. The, is also kind of in that same family. Yeah, it's a like, Spanish anisette that's only popular in Spain and New Orleans. Right. So it's like <laughs> yeah. you, you get all of these interesting yeah. sort of licorice flavored spirits. So it's like not a far jump that like some guy wants to spice up his old fashioned, which yeah. is essentially the definition of a cocktail, spirits, yeah. water, sugar, ice, maybe bitters, jazz it up by adding a little bit of absinthe or something else. People are trying I mean, topping their old fashions with all types of things probably at some point. Yeah, champagne included. Champagne, which is delicious. So it's not like a huge jump. And in, in some ways it also makes sense because they might not even be advertising it. You know what I mean? Like it's like Yeah, it was just it was it was just what they made. You right. Know? Or just this is the guy's twist, you know, you yeah. have your local deli and the yeah. guy puts something special on the yeah. sandwich, you know, he slips, you know, uh, a slice of pastrami in with your, you know, whatever your roast beef. Nobody you, at the time pays that much attention. Right. Or they just yeah. think that's it. I mean yeah. that's yeah. You know, it, it is a funny thing that it becomes this use you know, well, you, you know what happens, I think, is that uh, by the 1890s, when it starts to catch on, this this Sazerac cocktail, people had moved on to Manhattans from right. straight whiskey cocktails. Right. Uh, they'd moved on to martinis, Bronxes, and absinthe that, frappes. And a lot of those, the sweet vermouth and driver. Yeah, and, and the drinks are just a little weaker. Yeah. They're a little more, I don't know. Herbaceous. Yeah, a little less elemental. Yeah. And then you taste a Sazerac, especially in New Orleans, yeah. where it's hot. And you've got this little, like, four sips of, uh, <laughs> of cocktail. You yeah. know, it's not a big drink. No, it shouldn't be. And it shouldn't be because it's all booze. Right. And, and it just goes right to your head and you're yeah. like, God Damn, that's a drink. I'm awake. You know? Yeah. Woo-hoo. I yeah. mean, do, do you remember your first Sazerac? 
I, I think it was in New Orleans. I think I I, I, I can't where remember where, but I, it must have been there. They didn't make it outside of New Orleans until yeah. pretty recently. Yeah. Yours was down there, or was it? No, mine. I had to make it. You oh right because you you, you yeah I, I had, had a I went looking for it because I read about <laughs> it and it sounded amazing and I couldn't get the Peychauds bitters yeah. in New York I couldn't get the absinthe I finally right. made my own very bad absinthe and uh, you couldn't uh, get that either it was uh, it was banned in the U S yeah for it was a banned long in time. the U S so I had to yeah. make like kind of an infused version which is know? very dangerous by the way yeah don't, don't do that don't you yeah. can now buy the real stuff in yeah. America it's once again legal yeah uh, so, this is uh, you know we're we're talking this is the early nineties so. Just so and that's the crazy thing about absinthe. It's so expensive. Yeah. And most of the cocktails, you need just a few drops for a rinse, yeah. like in a cork yeah. survivor. Or, or you can, you know, always drink it in cold water, Absolutely. which is delicious. But it's true. You wrote the story so, just recently. Yeah, so I couldn't find the Peychaud's bitters anywhere in New York. People thought they had it, and I'd go to the <laughs> store, and they didn't have it. And this was before the internet. You couldn't really order anything. Yeah. And so finally, I'd given up, and then... Uh, my wife, Karen, was working for uh, the great Larry Forjone, great American chef. Uh, and uh, Larry's friend, Emeril, uh, comes into Larry's restaurant. And Karen gets uh, talking to him. She was the maitre d'. And uh, she was good at talking to people. And, and she eventually tells Emerald that we were looking for Peychaud's bitters <laughs> and couldn't find them up here. Uh, two days later, there's a, a FedEx package shows up at an American place where Karen was yeah. working, and it's got two huge bottles of Peychaud's bitters. <laughs> and uh, boy, did we uh, run home and make Sazerac. Yeah. Well, and, and Emerald <laughs> certainly knew. I mean, he... I mean, yeah. he is a son of Massachusetts, right? Yeah, but, but he's a adopted son of New Orleans, but for sure. At, at 24, he became the yeah. egg chef at Commander's yeah. Palace, which is one of New Orleans' most famous and, I know, and, and also and respected restaurants. And, and Ella Brennan, who, whose restaurant mm. was, her daughter T told me that they were embarrassed because he was so young. So she was really happy when he, like, turned 30 or something. <laughs> so Ella could finally tell people yeah. about their new rock star chef. Oh, that's funny. Who had, you know, kind of put them on the map. And yeah. he had followed in the steps of uh, Paul Prudhomme, who yeah. was, you know, kind of a legendary figure in American cooking and certainly for New Orleans, who kind of melded together Creole and, I guess, Cajun flavors yeah. together, which... Now we kind yeah. of see it as we, we, one. Yeah, and but at, at the, the time, time they were was, very separate. And nobody was really, yeah. you know, it was all, just like everywhere else, it was all French chefs yeah. were running Antoine's and Arnaud's Yeah, the, the New Orleans food was not Galatoire's. spicy. No, and it was, it was really, you Creamy, know, heavy butter. And, you know, his, you know, the blackened, you know, fish yeah, and all the spice mix and stuff. And so, like, really, Emerald comes out of that. So if anybody, I mean, yeah. knew... New Orleans drinks and drinking. It's, it's definitely Emerald, which is kind of hilarious. Yeah, it's kind of funny. And so, uh, yeah, that was that, that, that was my first. Uh, you my did first have to yell Bam that when you made the drink. Yeah. <laughs> yeah after you added the well, no, Bam came, 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 later, after, came later. after I had my third and hit the floor. Exactly. <laughs> 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 Whoa! Yeah, it is a hell of a drink. It's a hell of a ride. <laughs> I mean, the the only good thing that I think comes out of that that book and and kind of this ridiculous story is that for decades new orleans sat on this yeah. cocktail and kind of yeah. protected it like the like the supposed chicken guarding its cocktail cups um, yeah and sort of protected it and nurtured it and you know when the rest of the country stopped drinking sazeracs you could still drink sazeracs there and it was something that they kept alive that's why i think of the sazerac truly as a new orleans cocktail 
the fact that in Murray and Wilkinson, they were making improved right. whiskey cocktails. Right. The drink that's written up in Jerry Thomas, it's almost identical to the Sazerac. Sure. Same thing. But these guys gave it a name. They were personalities standing yeah. behind it. They featured it. It was at the most popular bar. It was their drink. Yeah. Uh, it was the drink that uh, brought them to popularity and brought the bar to popularity or to new popularity. It was the drink that New Orleans rallied around yeah. because everybody else was drinking these weakling drinks, basically. And New Orleans <laughs> is like, no, nah, that's not sporty. No, that's not you know, we're, we're New Orleans. That's we're, not a cocktail. That's not a cocktail. You know, son, you got know. too much wine in that drink. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I just want whiskey in mine. Right. <laughs> Maybe a little absinthe. Right. So, you know, uh, so it, it's, but that's the beauty to me. That's, that's who owns a drink, yeah. you know, the person who uses it. We see that over and over again. Oh, yeah. And that's, yeah. It's often not the person, I mean, who invented the recipe, but yeah. really who popularizes well, the it. The cocktail was, itself, the recipe goes back to London right. in the 1690s. Right. The English had it for over 100 years and didn't do jack shit with it. <laughs> you know, and we bring it over here right. and we say, hey, you know, this is actually really good. Right. And, and some ice. We're going to give it this right. fabulous name, the cocktail. Right. And we're going to, you know, we're going to ice it. We're going to stir it up and we're going to have it yeah. uh, before dinner every day, not just for a hangover. Yeah. We're going to have it in the afternoon when we're, when we're feeling good enough to to really appreciate it yeah. so that's the important thing in some ways that book i think is it's funny because i mean it is full of erroneous information but it creates a whole mythology and a whole relationship between new orleans and cocktails yes in a way that like is fully embraced and becomes part of the fabric of new orleans and that culture and society which we sorely needed you know after world war ii when yeah. so much cocktail history disappears and you know. New York had that in a million other books. Yeah, uh, San Francisco kept the tradition alive, but they never really had the book to help them with it. Other cities never had that. You're right. I mean, that book made New Orleans the cocktail city. It preserved it as the cocktail city Absolutely. through the dark years, you know? Yeah, and I think, you know, you see it. all these stories pop up time and time again yeah. and even, you know, sustains New Orleans through a lot of these dark periods, you know, and, and gives them a sense of purpose because I mean, it's, you know, the supposed home, which... As, mean, a, as a historian, it might frustrate the hell out of me, but, you know... <laughs> as a drinker, though, yeah, as I'm a very drinker, happy I'm that happy. they bought in. Yeah, I'm, so I'm happy to go and in. get a Sazerac at right. the... Uh, I like to get them at the Napoleon House or Two right. Jags and, and when where the, they're casual, you know? And when the bartender is going on and on... yeah. You just nod. Yeah, that's, I just that's, nod. That's, that's, that's our repayment that we just but quietly nod and drink our sassafras. My, my, my bartender, uh, my, my old friend, uh, Paul Gustings, who started as my bartender and became my friend. He uh, Isn't that always the way? That's always the way. Uh, I, I knew I was going to like New Orleans the first time I was there. I'm having a, a Sazerac at Two Jacks. And he uh, puts the absinthe in the glass, spins it around, and dumps it down on the floor. <laughs> on the bar mat, you know, Done. on, the, on yeah. the floor mat. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I like this. Yeah. <laughs> you know? this we're going to be friends. We're going to be friends. Yeah. You don't know it yet. Yeah. But this is, uh, this is, this is a town that really is, uh, is for me. Paul, this is the beginning of a beautiful yeah. friendship. <laughs> um, you know, you can still get the Sazerac oh, yeah. all over town and they yeah. still embrace it. And yeah. And, and you can get fine. it at regular bars. Yeah. That's the thing. You yeah. don't have to go to a craft cocktail bar. Yeah. 
The Napoleon House is nobody's idea of a craft cocktail right. bar. They've got two drinks. Yeah. A Pimm's Cup with ginger ale <laughs> and a Sazerac. Right. And I always alternate them, <laughs> you know, strict, strict one, one right. after the other. Sure, of course. And I'll stay there all afternoon is the problem. Right. But, uh, but anyway, on that alternation. It'd be absurd to just order one. And yeah. No, no, exactly. So Sazerac, then, you know, then you, then you back off on a Pimm's cup and you go, you know, I need something a little stronger. Yeah. I'm going back to the Sazerac. And they, they just, they just make their Sazeracs normal. Yeah. They're delicious. It's one of those things where it's such a good story that, like, I feel bad. I feel bad letting it go. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like, I, I, you know, kind of, you know, we, we did a whole episode on Manhattan and Winston Churchill's mother. Mm. And also, thanks, Dave. That's not true either. Um, but I still enjoy telling these stories. But yeah. with the note that it's a great story and this is what we believed. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I wrote for many years. But as it turns out, thanks to Dave... Is not actually true. Um, well, I mean, the I hope crusher that you can, of dreams and see, cocktails. I always hope that you, you the true story. Right. You know, you find different heroes. Right. You know, now now there's like Billy Wilkinson and right. Vincent Murray. Right. Let's talk about them a little right. bit. That's true. You know, it's that's like true. let's find our own heroes. Yeah. Let's, there, there, there are always cool, amazing yeah. people involved. And I think if you're going to crush the stories of these things. <laughs> I mean, you know, okay, history is history, you know. I always try my damnedest to find some other people. Right. And, and look, and, and dig and, them up. And of all places, New Orleans doesn't yeah. need to create history. No. There's so much history there. It's all around. And it. there's so many characters. Yeah. And so many good stories and so many good drinking yeah, yeah. stories that, like, usually the truth is, is way more interesting and way more strange than the fiction that's created. Yeah. So, you know. Uh, you know, so so when you're mixing up your Sazerac, you know, uh, uh, tip you your hat to New Orleans for for keeping such a wonderful drink alive yeah. and and nurturing and, you know, it. And tip tip your hat to uh, Billy Wilkinson, yeah, and Stanley Clisby Arthur. Uh, sure, they're both great New Orleanians. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So uh, pour a little off for both of them, and uh, hopefully, and then uh, have a third and pour pour a little off for Vincent Moret. <laughs> And then you've got your three-bagger of Sazerac, right. which is the perfect dose. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And then you should be fine. You should be just fine. For, for about 48 hours. Yeah. So, uh, we'll enjoy uh, yeah. your Sazeracs and uh, hope to see you at the Napoleon House. We will clink our glasses. Absolutely. Cheers. Cheers. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. <laughs> 